0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
1: The hurt never goes away. To be clear, like whatever happens tonight or over the next three games, Joe doesn't fix 2011. It doesn't can't you, fix. That. Can't
2: you work on that in those weekly sessions? Didn't you have one of your sessions yesterday? I did. I did. So why don't you bring that stuff up? Why don't you try to heal? Why don't you try to learn how to move forward?
1: It kind of did come up in that, you know, like, I I want the joy to be there. And I had some joy Friday night, but I I need joy. (laughs) Do you
2: think your therapist graduated, set up this practice, launched this business, got into this career? Thinking one day the pinnacle would be a sports talk radio host coming in to talk about how they're just not feeling enough joy during their beloved Texas Rangers World Series run. <laughs> what year do they teach that?
1: I believe that's year two year two year two of med school right after the Sigmund Freud stuff exactly you know sports pain and how to deal with it yeah <laughs> can it ever be healed uh And I think it's pretty arrogant for me to assume that having me as a patient would be, quote, the pinnacle.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, in in that profession, the pinnacle isn't necessarily dealing with the best, the brightest, the top of the food chain. It's dealing with the most.
1: It's solving probably the most bizarre of problems. Yes, I I would agree. And that's why I'm not doing it. (laughs) I have Uh, never been what you would call a problem solver. I have been more of of, uh, a problem causer adjacent type person. I'm in there. (laughs) Hey, I make my jokes. I'm in there
2: in two and a half hours. I got the Wednesday session coming up. I always feel like I have to prepare for these things.
1: Like I need a, a list of all the things I wanna go over. Because That sounds they do like me that when thing. I used to go into confession as a kid. Like, yeah. I gotta, am I making up some sins right now? <laughs> exactly. Like, I feel like if I don't come in there prepared with problems, she's gonna look at me like, what is this?
2: This is a complete waste of my time. Yeah. What are you doing? But they also have that trick, and it's a brilliant trick. They teach this to you in negotiating and things like that. The just letting the other, letting the silence hang there. Yep. Because we as human beings are too uncomfortable with silence that you'll eventually crack and you'll start talking. And she lets the silence hang there all the time. And I just start rambling. And yeah. then I realize halfway through the ramble, I'm like, she got me again. Like one day, I just want to have a good old fashioned stare down to see if she's going to talk first.
1: Yeah. See, I, here's the thing for me, not to get too far into it. I'm on a new person over the last few months. I had oh. a <laughs> honeymoon phase. I'm pretty sure I was ghosted by my last one. <laughs> So I'm afraid something happened to him, but I haven't heard back from him in months. Unless he just made the decision of, "Yep, we've had enough. Let's move unsolvable. on." So unsolvable. So I'm on to a, a new person, and we're still going through that feeling out process. But those 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 silences they exist. They're and, tough. And and you'll find this hard to believe. I crack like an egg.
2: Right there with you. Exactly. I mean, look, we're 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 good at what we do because we don't let the silence hang there very often. <laughs>
1: Exactly. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN radio on Sirius XM at channel 80 presented by progressive insurance. In case you missed the news overnight, Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders fired his head coach, Josh McDaniels and his GM, Dave Ziegler. And he did it right in the middle of the season, right after the trade deadline passed, mind you, earlier in the day, which raises all kinds of questions. But really, the biggest question of them all is where do they head? Right now, where is all of this leading to and who is the person to properly come in and take over this organization? Now, you made a point earlier that I think was the best point of the day. And I told you to take the rest of the day off. Let's get lunch. I told you to take the rest of the day off and you didn't do it. (laughs) So you're still here. So let's go back to that. All right. And it was this. Mark Davis is tired of losing that he has been. A part of some winners now with the Aces and got to experience what that, well, ironically, joy was like. <laughs> I got to experience seeing all of the other teams around him the Knights in Vegas, the Golden State Warriors out in uh, San Francisco, San- uh, Oakland while he was still there. Got to see all of that and is probably tired. Of losing at this point and really did not see an end in sight. And where his normal MO might have been to go the cheaper route, Josh McDaniels had a six-year contract. He's got four years left that he's going to be getting paid for here. So, Joe, is it just that simple? Is this more of Mark Davis actually doing the right thing, recognizing what he had wasn't going anywhere?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, here in Vegas, we've talked about it before. This town loves a winner, and he's tasted that with the Aces the last two years, the Golden Knights winning that Stanley Cup. I think he's tired of this. Normally, he's not – of all the owners, he's not the wealthiest, right? Like, some of these guys come from – like, you're not going to beat a whole lot of Walton family members when Walmart is buying into the Broncos. So he's not a guy that's – Excited about the notion of paying two coaches, right? He's got to buy out these contracts now, and then he's also got to pay other coaches moving forward. That's not something he does. It's We see that with the Chargers, too. The Chargers are letting Brandon Staley finish thing, this thing out because they're cheap. They don't want to have to pay a second coach at the same time. So you got this scenario where I think he's just fed up with the way things are going. He's, this Antonio Pierce is now the 13th head coach of the Raiders in 21 years since they went to the Super Bowl in the January of 2020, 2003 against Tampa Bay. This is now their 13th coach since then. Wow. They haven't had a coach reach the fifth year of coaching there since Art Shell 1989 to 1994. That's just pathetic, right? There's too much turmoil. There's too much chaos. There's not enough calmness. And when you don't have that, you're not going to be able to succeed. So I think right now there are so many big names out there. I'm going to throw one name out you there that I think would just be a nice stabilizing force. I'd look at a guy like Jim Schwartz. Jim Schwartz is currently the defensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns. Jim Schwartz spent some time in Philadelphia when they were having a lot of success with Doug Peterson, right? Jim Schwartz went to Detroit more than a decade ago when that franchise, was that? Probably it's, absolute lowest point, And he got them back to the playoffs in three years. You need a smart mind. You need a veteran mind. You need an experienced guy. I don't think the next coach has to necessarily be this home run. I don't think it necessarily has to be Jim Harbaugh or Lincoln Riley or whatever the hottest flavor is. I think you just need to go out and identify a leader, a good decision maker. And you go from there. Build something up because this team has no identity. What are the Raiders right now? Are they an offensive team? Are they a defensive team? Are they a tough team? Are they a finesse team? Are they a speed team? What are they? They got no identity whatsoever. I'd be looking for a coach who can just come in and stabilize this thing and get you back to respectability over the next few years.
1: I think you're right. There's no identity to them whatsoever. None. And. The most important part of building an identity is building a culture and and trying to understand what that truly means. So in order to do that, I need to get somebody who I think has done it successfully before. And that's if, in fact, the Patriots part ways with Belichick, I could see that happening. Letting him come in, take over the reins, fix this, at the very least at his age of 70, leave us in a position to be successful over a long period of time. That's one. I absolutely think Harbaugh's in that mix. Harbaugh's the outlaw. That's what the Raiders have always been about. This is a rudderless ship right now. And say whatever you will about Harbaugh, the guy can coach, and he's had success. He took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he wore out his welcome because he couldn't get along with Jed York, the owner. He went to Michigan. Uh, took a little while. Maybe aided by some sign stealing the last couple of years. But he's had plenty of success at Michigan the last few years. Had plenty of success at Stanford. I mean, look at what he did. He recruited Andrew Luck at Stanford and got him to go there. And that's a team that ends up in a New Year's Day bowl. Also, so, the University of San Diego. People yeah. forget where he got his start. He was really successful at the University of San Diego, too. So, I think that's somebody that... Um, I absolutely could see ending up there. And he, there's no way Mark Davis is going to worry one iota about what the league thinks about bringing in Jim Harbaugh that all of a sudden he's going to get punished for this long time like Jim Tressel did. Now, I also don't think that it is out of the realm of possibility at all that he wants to bring John Gruden back. And I think he probably looks at this like... I never wanted to do it in the first place. He has been out for two years, and I could bring him back to this situation, similar to what other guys have done. Like, I I think about the Red Sox, right? Alex Cora was gone for a year. They brought him back. Alex Cora had won a World Series, of course, but John Gruden was always a complicated figure for him and for his father, because his father didn't get along with John let him go and what happened the next year John won a Super Bowl in Tampa over the Raiders. So I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he is thinking about that. And then there's this one last one. I'm just going to throw it out there. Don't do it. I'm just going to throw it out there. If I if this is what I think it is, please don't do it. I and this if I could write a disclaimer Of not being involved in this, but I'm going to do it at the behest of our producer, Deion Sanders. There it is. Could Deion Sanders end up coaching the Raiders? You named
2: the three loudest possible hires in your rundown there. Jim Harbaugh facing a massive scandal, John Gruden coming off a massive scandal, Deion Sanders, who just attracts, I'm, no no scandal there, but just attracts all the attention in the world, when I'm telling you all that this organization needs is calm. They need to quietly, calmly get organized. You throw three of the loudest possible options out there.
1: The Raiders' new mantra should not be commitment to excellence. It should be calm is not what we do. <laughs> calm not I, I put personally... an egg in its shoe and beat it. Personally, I don't think Dion's going to the NFL anytime soon because the best way Dion has served as a head coach is to be in college. In the NFL, everybody's getting their money anyway, and none of that really helps. You have to be a much different kind of coach when you get to the league. But look, it is going to be fascinating to see, and I am not going to be shocked if two of those names are seriously considered in Gruden and Harbaugh. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Save on your bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Week 9 in the NFL on the way, and Aiden O'Connell is getting the call for the Raiders. So is it a good bet or a bad bet to take the Raiders at home against the Giants? Mm. Lockedini one way, I know that. It's next on ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe
0: podcast on ESPN Radio. We all know
3: breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there.
4: must be 21 plus and present in select states gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER terms and conditions apply see app for details
0: we've got the odds want a bet oh great is it a good bet i like those odds or is it a bad bet
1: take my money take it off ah yes once again one thing this show tries to do consistently is to make you money and one of those features that we have each and every wednesday is good bet bad bet And our host is Evan Wilder. He is the producer of this show. He will put forward several bets as propositions to say, boys, is this a good bet or a bad bet? And we will give you answers and chances to make your money. So, Evan, the floor is yours to present said propositions
5: yeah so it's aiden o'connell for the raiders daniel jones is practicing for the giants today brian Dibble told reporters earlier in the week so the giants are getting two at the raiders is that a good bet or a bad bet joe
2: oh what a game that's going to be this weekend i forgot completely forgot about it move over f1 in the super bowl we have giants at raiders in las vegas this weekend that's your marquee event um oh my god Sometimes you have what's known as the dead coach bounce, right? Team fires yeah. a coach and yeah. the team plays really well that week because they take some of the responsibility for getting the coach fired. Uh, I would probably lean towards taking the Raiders plus the points right now. So I would say, no, it's Giants plus two. Evan, for the love of God, could we ever do one of these that I'm actually <laughs> actually betting? I hate this game. Uh, I would say bad bet. Betting anything in this game is a bad bet.
1: Uh, I would agree. Betting this game, period, is a bad bet. It's an atrocious bet. By the way, did you notice at the beginning my voice crack in the middle of that? Went like this. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I did (laughs) not hear that. Yeah. You want to go back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly how that went. I'm shocked that you guys missed it. But, yeah.
2: I was too big. That question tripped me up so bad, and you would think asking a gambler what he thinks about an NFL point spread wouldn't be that confusing. Yet, here we are.
5: Next. (laughs) Let's try Cowboys-Eagles. Cowboys getting three points. Are the Cowboys plus three at the Eagles a good bet or a bad bet, Carlin? Bad bet. Going into
1: Philadelphia? Nope. Don't see it. Yeah, we keep talking about how the Eagles haven't played their best football, and they're concerning things all over the place. I sorry, I'm i sorry. I just, no, I can't do that. I cannot pull the trigger on the Cowboys plus three in Philadelphia. They're not getting blown out, but I can see them losing by a touchdown.
2: Agreed. Bad bet. This was three and a half on the look ahead line, which is a line that comes out 10, 11 games, 10, 11 days, excuse me, before the game. You get look ahead lines on a Wednesday, a week and a half before the game after the Eagles struggled a bit against Washington and the Cowboys blew out the Rams and moved to the key number three. So I'll jump on Philly there. I think Philly's undervalued in this spot. Dallas is off a huge win. They were off a bye. I'm not going to put too much weight on that. And Philly's struggling against Washington. A, they always struggle against Washington. And B, look at the spot. They were off a huge win against Miami, and they're looking ahead to Dallas. So, all right, they're a little bit flat there. It makes sense. They still won the game. They were up two touchdowns late in this game. I think we've seen Philadelphia in one big game this season. Sunday night at home against Miami. And they went out and they hammered the Dolphins. I like him in this spot. Bad bet on the Cowboys plus three. Mm.
5: Next. In Frankfurt, Germany, the Dolphins are getting two and a half against the Chiefs. Joe, Dolphins plus two and a half. Good bet or bad bet?
2: ah yes the Germans the Germans this week will host the game I would say the Dolphins plus two and a half is a bad bet I'm not going to do the whole the Dolphins can't beat good teams thing because maybe this weekend they do I'm just going to tell you I think the Chiefs at less than three is value here people suffer from recency bias they just saw the Chiefs lose to the Broncos the Broncos are supposedly terrible so my God the Chiefs must not be that good of a football team they had five turnovers Mahomes was sick it was a division rival on the road two weeks after they had played him the first time. There were a lot of things there that were setting that up to be a lackluster Chiefs performance, and then they played poorly. These are the buy-low spots we talk about all the time. Miami's a good team, and again, maybe this is the game where they show up, but at less than a field goal, I'm on the Chiefs. So, bad bet Dolphins plus the two and a half.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Dolphins plus two and a half. Whoa. It's a good bet. It's a good bet. A uh, couple of things at work here. Uh, number one, Do you know the Dolphins already went out, went overseas, and that the Chiefs are not going until late Thursday? They're not going until late Thursday. There's a lot of different um, theories about what's the best way to handle this kind of travel. But the Dolphins, from everything I read so far, seem to be settling in pretty nicely over there. I I do think that it's a bigger issue to be used to that time zone and all of that that comes with it i also think that the dolphins are are due to win a game like this to do to get over the hump against a a good team and i jalen ramsey played well last week he had a pick how much of a difference is he going to make for them this week i'm still a jalen ramsey skeptic as far as what's left dolphins a good bet
2: you and i are going to have to deal with that for the pick'em contest you know Liam's
1: going to choose that game. Oh, you know he's going to serve us up the screw job. That's what they do. <laughs> Next. And yet, they do it, and we're still in first place. Number one. Number
5: one. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. Uh-huh. Next. Ohio State is 7-1 to one to win the college football playoff. They are number one in the initial rankings. Joe, good bet or bad bet? Ohio State at 7-1 to to win it all.
2: It's not a terrible bet. If someone wants to bet that, you got to be convinced they're going to
5: beat Michigan, though.
2: You have to be convinced they're going to beat Michigan. They have lost to Michigan each of the last two years. They're going on the road this year. I'm not making that bet because I see them losing that game, and I see them missing the playoff. I think Georgia goes undefeated. I think Michigan goes undefeated. Those two are in. Florida State could go undefeated. If so, they're in. And I think Oregon storms back. To win a couple more ranked games, take out Washington in the big 12 championship, big PAC 12 championship, excuse me. And then they're getting in. So I don't know. I don't see Ohio State making it. So I would not make that bet. But again, it's Ohio State. If you think they beat Michigan, seven to one
1: is not a bad price. I'm going bad bet just right now because I'm still not a full on Kyle McCord believer. I want to see him in a couple of more spots before I can fully buy into Ohio State being a classic Ohio State team. I am excited to see Marvin Harrison play in person this week and hopefully get shut down this week. But we'll see as the Buckeyes come to Piscataway. But Marvin Harrison, I think, is a tremendous player. Mm. I would say it is a bad bet right now.
5: Last one. So, the NBA in season tournament starts this week. The Celtics are the favorites at plus 750. Good bet or a bad bet? The Celtics plus 750 to win the NBA's first in season tournament. I would say, Chris? I, I would say not a bad bet.
1: I would say that's a good bet. Plus 750 feels like decent value on the Celtics. By the way, have you seen some of the floors that they have designed for this? Yes. It's pretty cool. It is really, really cool with what they have put together for this. I'm curious to see how this all kind of plays in together. But I'm going to go. That's a good bet on the Celtics at plus 750.
2: I look forward to handicapping it. I think you and I should be betting as many of these games that take place when we're on the air as possible, and we can see if we can become the foremost NBA in-season handicappers. That's what we should be. The number one NBA in-season tournament handicappers, Chris Carlin, Joe Formball. Um, plus 750, I don't think it's a bad deal. Celtics bring a lot to the table. Missoula's got another year under his belt. Solid offense, really solid defense, very well balanced. Why not? Why not? If they were 4-1, to one, I might say
1: no, but plus 750, I'll get involved. It could be a night Texas Rangers fans have waited not 12 years, but 50-some years for almost 60 because it's never happened before. You hear the trepidation in my voice. That's after uh, we have this from our friends at Indeed, who once again, I remind you, would only want me to read this commercial because they find (laughs) Joe unsatisfactory. If you need to hire, you need a partner by your side. Every step of the way, Indeed's end-to-end hiring solution makes it easy to attract, interview, and hire candidates all from one place the moment you sponsor a job post you'll get instantly matched with quality candidates whose resumes on indeed meet your job description and you can then conveniently schedule and conduct virtual interviews right from indeed's hiring platform start today get 75 dollars in credits toward your first sponsored job visit indeed.com credit terms and conditions apply
0: this is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be.
0: Carlin versus Joe. Pizza money alert.
2: Pizza, pizza. First two we gave you, Ball State plus five and a half over Bowling Green. DeMontis Sabonis over 12 and a half rebounds. Final one, we go to the World Series tonight. Game five in Arizona. Diamondback starting pitcher Zach Gallon. We're gonna go under 15 and a half outs recorded. Under 15 and a half outs recorded. It's minus one thirty. That would mean Gallen has to get into the sixth inning of this game and record at least one out in order for us to lose. He's got a big name. He was a Cy Young candidate this me. season, but in the playoffs, he has really struggled. Six starts, 5-2-7 ERA, you are and he's so going on. against a Texas lineup that has been lighting people up all postseason long. Final pizza money of the night, Zach Gallon under,
1: 15.5 outs, minus 130. You really want to see me in pain, don't you? talking about that's beneficial to you i i understand that you're you're doing it as if you're on my side it i i know what you're doing it's a joe can't lose game in the
3: air left field guriel back the track at the wall Texas now leads it 10 to nothing. Low near the dugout. He's got it, and that's the ball game. And the Texas Rangers have taken a commanding three games to one lead in this World Series. Everyone talked about what was gonna happen without
1: Adolis, and the guy stepped
2: up, so we needed that.
1: I just I I I'm a wreck. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio Series 6M, channel 80. We welcome in the great Buster only ESPN Baseball Insider, as we get ready for Game 5 tonight in Arizona right here on ESPN Radio with Boog Shambi, with, of course, Jessica Mendoza, with Eduardo Perez. Buster, Buster you look at Corey Seager. How would you put this series into perspective with what he has done as a postseason player overall?
3: Now, Carlin, I'm not going to answer your question. I'm just going to dive right in. You are the second biggest Ranger fan that I know. Uh, I, I'm so excited for you. Of course, the former president being the first. Okay, <laughs> uh, you are the you are you are such a huge fan. You, you're one win away from taking it all. Nothing could possibly go wrong from here, and I'm so happy for you. Why, would, like, master, so What are you doing? For you.
1: Why would you do this? <laughs> You know, you know what I went through. Buster, no matter what happens tonight, no matter what happens to us, I'm still never going to get over it. I'm still never going to get over it. And I have yeah, not Yeah, I grew up in to New England emotion- with all those
3: Red Sox fans uh, who talk about Bill Buckner still, even yeah. after all the championships, so I totally get it.
1: Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I, I haven't wanted to emotionally invest in this uh, since the ra- run began, but it was clear at the beginning of the World Series I was ready to get hurt again.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand. To get to your question, uh, look, it's it's one of the greatest performances we've seen. Marcus Simeon, you know, I loved what he said after the game. Man, he's just hitting the ball so hard. That's what it feels like. That he's just, uh, you know, the ball's put on a tee. Uh, he's just, it's uh, just unconscious right now, which is why. Uh, during the course of that game last night, you're wondering why are they still pitching to him? We got the you know the word from the the Diamondbacks before the game started when they knew that there was a good chance that Garcia wasn't going to play again this World Series. That their plan uh, moving forward without Garcia providing protection for Seeger in the lineup was that they were going to essentially work around Seeger, whether that was intentional walks or not throwing anything in, in the strike zone. And yet they did it again. And you got to believe today that, you know, they they might just wave four fingers up. Uh, you know, this would be the Diamondbacks, a team that only issued 13 intentional walks during the year. They might just say, look, enough is enough. We're not even going to risk it. We're not even going to throw the ball within a time zone of the strike zone. Corey, just go to first. We'll deal with somebody else.
2: Huh. Buster, we, we spent a lot of time today talking about the Raiders being the first team to fire their head coach this season in the NFL. And we're talking about candidates and we're doing all this stuff. And then – There's the World Series tonight, and there's Bruce Bochy. You know, he wins three World Series with the Giants, and you could make the case in all three of those years, they weren't the best team in baseball, but they were the hottest in the playoffs. And now he's in Texas. He's one game away from another World Series. The Giants, meanwhile, have just fired his successor in Gabe Kapler. What is it about this guy? What is it about him that has led to so much success?
3: So today I had a conversation with Randy Smith, who was the general manager of the Padres, the first team that hired Boach. and he talked about you know getting to know Boch uh, you know while he was a farm director of the Padres and, and uh, watching him manage and going out to dinner afterward and having conversations about baseball. And after a couple of years of that, uh, Randy told Boach, if I ever get another chance to, to, uh, if I ever get a chance to be general manager, you're going to be the guy I'm going to hire. And so that happened in the fall of 1994. Uh, and interestingly, and, and uh, you know, Carlin, I, I know you'll appreciate this story. When he tried to get approval, because at that point the Padres were up for sale, when he tried to get approval for that, the incoming ownership said, well, what about Johnny Oates? You know, Johnny Oates would be the guy that me, we, we might want. And Randy told me today, look, I had a year in an option on my contract, uh, and I'm just – his feeling was if I'm going to go down the ship, I'm going to go down with someone who I know – Uh, is not afraid, is excellent at handling pitching, and that is his forte, has a great feel for that. He's not political. The players really trust him, and he has this great sense of humor that he uses to defuse tough situations.
1: Buster Olney with us, ESPN Baseball Insider. Game five tonight, Texas with a chance to lock up a World Series championship, their first ever. Nathan Avaldi on the mound tonight. Was not great in game one, Buster. What should we expect tonight?
3: I think both starting pitchers are kind of in the same boat uh, where you just get the feeling that at the end of a long season, they're both really tired. Uh, You know, Zach Gallen is starting for the Diamondbacks, 240 innings or so coming into tonight. Uh, He looks like he's a little bit on fumes. Uh, You know, Ebaldi is a gamer. He's one of the best postseason pitchers we've seen. But his fastball uh, just doesn't seem to have the life that it's had in the past. And that's why you know, the way the game played out last night for the Rangers, I think, was really important because behind Evaldi, they're pretty much loaded uh, with their best relievers. I think John Gray, who's so good in game three, is it potentially going to be a factor of relief tonight. Uh, you got to roll this in. And although LeClerc had to come in uh, into a game that at one point was 11-1, to one, uh, he'll be okay to come back because you guys know this. Uh, you know, the Rangers now are within Carlin – just one game of winning the World Series. They're going to have all kinds of adrenaline. That'll work for LeClerc. And uh, if they have an opportunity to close it out, um, yeah, they will, he will be ready to go. Uh, and I'd say this, you know, Bruce Bochy is as good a postseason manager as I've ever seen. I bumped into Joe Torre in the lobby here today. And, you know, we talked about the similarities between Torre and Bochy and having that uh, absolute sense of the jugular in the postseason. Uh, and Boch, you know, sixteen and four in potential clinching games in, during the course of his career.
1: Well, you're just lighting me up all over the place here. I I will say one thing, Buster. Like, I just checked my wallet. I have $37 on me. It is yours if you go hide a Chapman's glove and hat so he can't come in again. All right, that's
2: enough. (laughs) I want him nowhere
1: near that place tonight. (laughs) Uh, whoever, Whoever his Uber driver is, I'll pay him off. Anyway, I, I I
3: love the fact that you've now completely lost track of yourself to the point that you're just making statements and not asking questions.
1: Exactly. Oh, completely. I, I can't I can't function. I can't function. I've, anyway, and I and I know what's coming too, which is really the worst part, Buster. Thank you. To you. I'm sure we'll talk before game seven. Oh my! All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Buster Olney, ESPN Baseball Insider carlin versus joe espn radio we are presented by progressive insurance so we've got one nfl quarterback that we have to wonder has the honeymoon ended we head to green bay in moments next carlin versus joe espn radio oh yeah this
0: is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio Football Sunday on ESPN Radio. It's a showdown at Lambeau Field. Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers go head-to-head with the Los Angeles Rams. Cooper Cup on an 18-yard score. The Rams at the Packers. Coverage begins at noon Eastern with kickoff at 1 Eastern on select ESPN radio stations.
1: carlin versus joe espn radio 6 xm channel 80 jordan love is a fascinating fascinating figure in the future of the green bay packers so joe earlier brian gutekunst was asked about jordan love and what his future holds now he's got another year left on his deal so it's not Paramount from a contractual situation, but they would rather not take it more than this season to know if he's the answer. Here's a quote from Gudekunst I hope not. I think we've got 10 games left. These are going to be 10 very important games. When the group as a whole is not functioning the way it should function, then it's hard to evaluate, evaluate anybody. At the same time, it's on us to get that right so we can move forward and evaluate the guys we have in that room. But yeah, when we're not clicking, it's tough to evaluate anything. That was not what you would call a ringing endorsement for the future of Jordan Love in Green Bay. Nor should it have been. He's completing
2: 57% of his passes, 11 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. They're one of the most anemic offenses in the NFL. His quarterback rating is 78.2. I mean, everywhere you look, it's just problematic. It's problematic. It has not gone well. And, yeah, it's his first full year as a starter, but he's been in the league a few years where he should have been able to hit the ground running a little bit faster than this, especially when you see the way C.J. Stroud is playing in Houston. That doesn't help matters. So on one hand, this is somewhat alarming. On the other hand, you got to start to think to yourself, who are you as an organization? The upside to this is that I think everyone knew this was an evaluation year top to bottom. Rodgers is gone. It's the start of a new era. You don't know what you have at quarterback. You're not overly talented. I mean, you're not a terrible roster like the Bears have been, but you're not overly just bursting with talent like the Chargers and can't get anything out of it, right? You're the Packers. And you're not picked to do a whole lot in your division. You were picked to finish pretty much last. So this was a good year for them to just evaluate, see what you've got, and then figure out which direction you want to go and start building. But I'll tell you, you don't want to become New England light, where the further you get away from Tom Brady, the more everybody else is exposed for having not been as great great as you may have originally thought. You know, the further they get away from Rodgers, the more this organization looks terrible. So I I think right now you're probably evaluating the general manager. You're probably evaluating the head coach. You got to be asking yourself, in light of how Belichick looks in three years post Rodgers,
1: what's LaFleur post Aaron Rodgers? Well, post Brady in the New England situation. When you hear that these 10 games are going to be very important. Yeah. I take that to mean Jordan Love has got to turn it around in these 10 games. Without question. And here's why. Let's give you some of the names that are ahead of him in QBR in the league right now. All right? You tell me if this is alarming. Russell Wilson, Sam Howell, Joshua Dobbs, Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, the aforementioned C.J. Stroud, Gardner Minshew. I mean, that is a group, in addition to all the stars that you would expect to be in front of him. He is twenty. second right now in the NFL in QBR. Right now, you know who's behind him? Matt Jones, Deshaun Watson, Desmond Ritter, Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson. That's not good. That's not good. Not good if you're the Browns and Deshaun Watson's down there. Uh, it's horrible <laughs> if you're the Browns.
2: That looks terrible. I, I for For Love, though, of all those names, you can't be behind Dobbs and you can't be behind... I'm trying to think of the other one you threw out there. Uh, i give it a couple. You can't be the beginning? behind Dobbs. So can you be behind Sam Howell? No, that's the other one. Howell yeah. and Dobbs, you shouldn't be behind them. It's Howell's first year as a starter. He's got some weapons there. He's getting sacked left and right. There is no way Jordan Love, at this point in his career, given the schedule he's faced, should be behind Sam Howell and Josh Dobbs. There's absolutely no way, especially but, Dobbs. Dobbs uh, isn't but,
1: really a starter in the NFL. Listen, I'll throw a few others. Should he be, be behind C.J. Stroud right now? No. No, no but, but you know what? Really maybe, well. maybe it turns
2: out Stroud is just going to be a beast and he's going to hit yeah. the ground running. I can let that one slide. What about Baker Mayfield? That one is just... I, I Even if I'm I'm willing to give Jordan Love the benefit of the doubt, so Mayfield's got Godwin and Evans, and it's like, it's not the toughest division. What
1: about Carter Minshew? I mean... I, uh, again, is, here's I, the point. There's plenty here, okay? He has not been good. And that 10 games is not about... Just playing well. That 10 games is about changing what our perception is of you, because right now our perception of you is you're not good and you're not the answer long-term. That's how I read it from Gutakunst. And here's the other part. Should Brian Gutekunst really be the one making this decision? There we go. I mean, I, honestly, go. the way things have been handled in Green Bay the last several years, what exactly gives me the confidence to believe he's going to find the next guy? You're the one that took this guy in the first place. Yeah. What's
2: worrisome about this is, again, back to the point, the further you get away from Rodgers, the worse everybody looks. It's not like the head coach is still keeping his team in games and doing an excellent job developing the quarterback, and it's like the defense is a problem. It's not like the team is brimming with talent, but the coach isn't getting the most out of it, which would look really good for the general manager. All the way around, the organization looks subpar. It looks like a quarterback left, and everybody else is incapable of stepping up and Again, on one hand, you want to say, give him the year. It's a transitional year. Maybe let the GM and the coach decide, all right, love's not the guy. We're going to move on from him. Give us another shot. Give us one more shot at developing a guy. I don't think that's the end of the world. You don't want to be too impetuous. I mean, again, look at the Raiders. Antonio Pierce taking over as head coach. That's the 13th head coach in 21 years for the Raiders. You do not want to be that. So I could understand if they come off this year and they say, Guttekunst is back, LaFleur's back, we're going to give him another swing at the quarterback position, but we're going to move on from love. I would get that. A wholesale change,
1: that might be a little too soon. Our friends at ESPN Milwaukee, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy, the morning show uh, on ESPN Milwaukee, Jen Latta, uh, Gabe Neitzel, Mark Shimura put this post out. Or this poll out this morning? Do you believe Brian Goodekunst is the right guy to rebuild the Packers? Seventy-eight percent no. Unscientific well, poll, mind you, but seventy-eight percent no. Yeah, and fans I are understand why they feel because he's the guy that ran off Rodgers. Yeah, but he's also the guy that drafted Love. So if you're going to run off Rodgers, you better have the right guy in place. With Favre, they had the right guy in place when they ran Favre off. So. To me, that really speaks to the bigger problem there. I, I think it's – Packers have a chance of being a mess here the next few years. They really they do. do. They do, but should we not at least consider giving
2: them some time? I mean, it's the start of November. I If, if Jordan Love sure. is the problem, you know, maybe Jimmy G's the answer. <laughs> That's the old, it's a serious conversation right up until that left turn.
1: Right, exactly. See, that joke I got. as opposed to the one earlier where it just flew right over my head no, I was locked and loaded on that joke absolutely (laughs) Joe, the World Series is on ESPN Radio catch all the action between the Rangers and Diamondbacks tonight 7pm Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app Rangers a (laughs) lock?
0: Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.